0: Welcome to episode 38 of Game of Wines, A Song of Ice and Fire podcast. I'm Olivia. I'm Gabby.
1: And I'm Chris.
0: And today we will be discussing the second part of Catelyn Chapter 6 in A Game of Thrones. So if you are reading along, make sure you have read pages 367 to
1: 377. Uh, News that I have for today, um, it's from winteriscoming.net, and it's actually just a list of all the actors and what characters they're going to be playing in House of the Dragon that's coming up. So just some good insight there. So are just there the like
0: any new ones that we haven't? I don't know heard if there's any
1: it? new ones, um, but it's just up to date. Yeah, up to date. Yeah. So Eve Best is going to be Princess. I'll just name a couple. Eve Best is going to be Princess Raines Valerian, mm-hmm. and then Steve Toussaint <clears throat> is going to be Lord Corliss Valerian. And I think his hair looks awesome because he's got white dreads. So that looks. <laughs> That's really pretty cool. cool.
2: That's cool.
1: Um, let's see. Uh, Patty Constantine is going to be King Viserys the First Targaryen, so mm-hmm. protector of the realm.
0: He's a good actor.
1: Yep. Uh, Fabian Frankel is going to be Kristen Cole.
0: And we met. We talked about that last a couple episodes ago.
1: Yeah. And Rice. Iphens is going to be Otto Hightower. And I guess... Oh, there's some pictures on here too. So um, you can take a look at those. I'll post
0: that for you guys. Yeah.
1: Some of them are actually in wardrobe. Mm-hmm. So it looks pretty cool.
0: That's pretty cool.
1: Um, Olivia Cook is going to be High Hightower. We knew that one.
0: And she's from like Bates Motel. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And a couple other things.
1: Um, and S- Sonoya Mizuno is going to be Miseria. Ooh. A lot of M's there. <laughs> Um, And then there's actually, here's a picture. Um, Emma Darcy is going to be Rhaenyra Targaryen. Nice. And they look pretty cool there.
2: Yeah, that's cool. Exciting. So, yeah, there's a
1: few more. There's like 12 on there. So, um, and it explains which one, like, the whole backstory of that actual character. Cool. Yeah.
0: Answers.
2: (laughs) All right, so our answers this week, let me pull them up real quick. All right, so the first question was why is La- Lady Liza keeping the riders of the Vale close to the Erie and not letting them leave? Um, and Olivia's aunt says, I think it's for protection, and since she has no husband, the riders will protect her while they are there. Mm-hmm. Which, yeah, um, yeah, I mean, understandable, definitely still, protection. Yeah. Um, the second question we had was, what do you think is going on between Bronn and Tyrion? Um, and she says that she agrees with Gabby. Um, they are similar and they like, likely admire each other. They're also, they're also the humor of the saga. That's true. They are. I mean, they are. Yeah. They're pretty funny. They're, yeah, they definitely like bounce off of each other. Mm-hmm. I feel like <laughs> Tyrion
0: has more serious moments, but
2: definitely yeah. funny. <laughs> Um and then our third question was, after what we have learned about Liza, will Liza be much help to Kat? Um and she says, likely for protection, it seems that Liza is in a fortress that touches the sky. A difficult place to get place to get to, so Kat will be protected and will know if someone is coming after her regarding regarding the Lannister and tow Tyrion. Um Liza may want to kill him in some slow and painful way, since the Lannister Lannister is killed um her husband. Mhm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean I definitely agree with her wanting to kill Tyrion and yeah, I mean cats definitely going to be protected there. It's not like she has to worry. Right. About I would definitely worry about to see just yeah. how much she doesn't have to worry about somebody for sure uh, mm-hmm. get into her. For sure. Um all right. So, last episode was the part 1 of the Catlin chapter chapter that we're reading. Um, we saw Kat and her group get permission to enter the Vale. She's also reunited with her uncle, who tells her all about th- how things have been at the Eerie. Mm-hmm.
1: Today, we finished the journey um, to the Eerie. The climb to the Eerie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, she takes a treacherous road, um, and when she finally gets to her sister, she is not at all what Kat was expecting.
2: Big changes. Yeah. All right. So for wine tonight, we have a Riesling from a company called Landshut. Um, Good old Aldi brand. Yeah. Um. It says it's a product of Germany. Oh. So that's cool. Interesting. Um. It has a little. Chris was like. Chris was all. It has a castle on a hill. Yeah. <laughs> it works. So it works for the episode. <sighs>
0: All right. While Gabby's pouring our wine, we're going to dive into our 13th wine rule. And it's not all sparkling wines are created alike. So the author says there are many different ways bubbles can end up in wine due to different ways wine is prepared. So the first way um, that bubbles can end up in wine is through pressure. So he says that not all sparkling wine is equally fizzy. Um, The amount of CO2 can vary widely. So for example, champagne has 5 to 6 atmospheres of pressure, or bars. So he says that 1 bar is equal to 14.7 PSI. So 5 to 6 bars of pressure. Um, Prosecco, on the other hand, is often less than champagne, and it's up to 2.5 bars. And then Spumante is a little bit more than Prosecco, hmm. so
1: Spumante is pretty sweet.
0: Yeah. Well, it's they're talking about the bubbles oh. in it, yeah. And then the second way that bubbles can get in wine is through sugar. So most sparkling wines are made with a bit of sugar to soften them. That's why champagnes are marked Brut, which means twelve gram grams of sugar per liter of wine. So I thought this was really interesting. Um, Brut is actually, like, one of the less dry types of wine. Really? Yeah, and champagne. It is. So, because extra Brut, there's only six grams of sugar per liter or less. Brut nature is no sugar added. And then there's extra dry, dry, demi-sec, and du, which means increasingly sweeter wines. So brood is like right in the middle
2: of it kind of
0: all right so we're gonna dive into the chapter um catelyn is continuing her journey to the Erie to see her sister with brendan tully her uncle uh currently they are passing through a valley surrounded by the high mountains and eventually reach the gates of the moon and i wanted to dive into that a little bit So the Gates of the Moon is also known as the Gates and is a castle at the base of the Giant's Lance in the Vale of Arryn. So I think we talked about the Giant's Lance Mm -hmm. last episode. Um, It is held by Lord Nestor Royce, High Steward of the Vale and Keeper of the Gates of the Moon on behalf of House Arryn. Um, So on the wiki, it actually says that it's bigger than the Eyrie. Um, the ga- the Gates of the Moon is a stout castle with a moat, a gatehouse, and a yard. So I think that that sounds a lot bigger than how it looked in the show, too.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And they... I mean, they're going to talk about later on how small the Erie is. Yeah. We're going to talk about how Catelyn, when she sees it, it's...
0: It's funny because the veil is so massive. Yeah. But the actual castle, the eerie, isn't that big. Yeah. But it... It, like, rules this huge it's area It's like she keeps
1: opening boxes. It's like a bigger box than a smaller yes, box. Yeah, smaller exactly.
0: Um, so going on about the gates of the moon, the castle has square towers, including the east tower and the falcon tower. When viewed from the Erie above, the towers and keeps of the gates of the moon appear the size of children's toys. So that's how far up the Erie actually is. Um, the back of the castle's great hall has a pillared... Gallery, which leads to tower stairs and to the inner ward. So it actually has its own great hall, like mm-hmm. um, Winterfell and King's Landing. Um, it has castle vaults that contain granaries and dungeons. Prisoners can be kept in the tower cells and guardsmen at the gates of the moon wear sky blue cloaks. At night, torches flicker at the castle's ramparts and the moon is reflected in its moat. So hence the name, Gates of the Moon. Mm. Beyond the Upper Bailey's Postern Gate is a dense forest of pine and spruce, as well as the steep carved steps along the Giant's Lance. Mules are kept at the Gates of the Moon to help transport travelers up to the mountain to stone, snow, and sky, which I will get into momentarily. So that's the Gates of the Moon.
1: I have to say that the names in the veil are awesome.
0: They're very descriptive, I feel.
1: The What was the big one? The Lance?
0: Yeah, Giant's Lance. The Giant's Lance. Yeah.
1: And then... This one. Like, like, it all just sounds very descriptive. and Yeah,
0: cool. for sure. So, um, as they approach the gates of the moon, Brynden says, The gates of the moon, Lord Nestor's seat. He should be expecting us. Look up. And so Catelyn looked up, and she saw the various tower keeps leading up to the Eyrie. So, like I just said, there's stone, snow, and sky. Stone, um, you can see a glow of distant fires. A tower keep. It's a tower keep that was built upon the steep side of the mountain. Snow is higher than stone and more distant, and then sky, from where they are, is no more than a flickering spark in the sky. So, it seems like they get farther and farther from mm-hmm. where she's standing. Yeah. It's cool, though. It is. Um, finally, she saw the eerie in the far distance. Everyone was marveling at it when Tyrion cut in and said, the errands must not be over-fond of company. If you're planning to make us climb the, that mountain in the dark, I'd rather you kill me here. <laughs> Same dude. <laughs> right, I mean, honestly. Yeah. Uh, Brynden assured him that they would spend the night here at the Gates of the Moon and then make the climb to the Eyrie in the morning. Um, Tyrion asked how they are supposed to get up there, and Brendan said mules with like a little smirk, smile kind of thing. <laughs> uh, Catelyn adds that there are steps carved into the side of the mountain because she remembered that Ned talked about them when he told her of his youth with Robert Baratheon and John Aaron. Mm. Brendan says that the steps are too steep and narrow for horses, but mules can manage them most of the way. So, like I said, the path um, is guarded by three weight castles stone, snow, and sky. Um, but the mules will take them all the way to Sky, and then the rest of the way to the Erie is too steep for the mules, so they will have to go on foot from the Third Castle, Sky.
1: Dang. Yeah,
0: It's supposed to be a long journey. The Erie um, is built into the side of the mountain. In the cellars are six great winches with long iron chains that pull supplies up to the castle. And at this point, um, Tyrion seems wary of the journey and Brynden suggests that he ride up ahead in the cart with bread, beer, and apples. Tyrion's like, huh, I'm not a pumpkin. My father would be embarrassed if he heard that I died like a load of turnips tumbling down the side of a mountain. Lannisters are prideful. I will go up on foot with you. And Catelyn kind of snaps back and says, pride? Arrogance, some might call it. Arrogance and avarice and a lust for power. And then Tyrion comes back and says, My brother is undoubtedly arrogant, my father is the soul of avarice, and my sweet sister Cersei lusts for power with every waking breath. I, however, am am innocent as a little lamb. Shall I bleat for you? (laughs) Ah, Love the Tyrion sass. Before Catelyn um, could reply, the drawbridge came creaking down. Lord Nestor Royce, High Steward of the Vale and Keeper of the Gates of the Moon, greeted them. And I kind of did a little bit of a dive into what the high steward specifically da- does, like what that position is. Um, and on the wiki, it said it's a position of great authority in the Vale. Um, while John Aaron was away in King's Landing as Hand of the King, Nestor Royce stayed back and actually ruled the Vale in his absence. Um, hmm. Yeah. So Nestor Royce uh, greeted her and she asked if they could rest under his roof. He said, of course, but Lady Liza has already sent word from the Eerie and she wishes to see you at once. So there's no rest for Catelyn, unfortunately. He says that the rest of the party can rest there, and they'll be sent up in the morning. Then Brendan Tully gets off his horse and is like, what is this madness? A night ascent with the moon not even full. Even Liza should know that's an invitation to a broken neck. And then a small girl chimes in and says, the mules know the way, Sir Brendan." She was about 17 or 18 with dark hair that was short and straight, and she wore riding leathers and a light silver shirt of silvered ringmail. And she says to Catelyn, I promise you, my lady, no harm will come to you. It would be my honor to take you up. I've made the climb, the dark climb a hundred times. Mike, is that Michael or Mickle? Michael. I, think. I would say Michael. Michael, yeah. Michael says my father must have been a goat. Catelyn asked the girl what her name is, and she replied that it's Maya Stone. And Catelyn kind of made a note and said, Oh, well, Stone was a bastard's name in the Vale, just as Snow was a bastard's name in the north. And this didn't please her as she thought of John and the pain he had brought her. So I'm just I just wanted to do like a small refresher on the surnames for children born bastards. Because I think we touched on it like way when we first started this podcast. Yeah. So the Crowlands, the surname is Waters, Dorn is Sand, the Iron Islands is Pike, North is Snow, Reach is Flowers, Riverlands is Rivers, Stormlands is Storm, Vale is Stone, and Westerlands is Hill. So, all right. There you have it. Nestor Royce actually did vouch for Maya and said, Maya's a clever girl, and if she vows, she will bring you safely to Lady Liza. I believe her. She has not failed me yet. And Caitlin agreed that Maya would bring her the rest of the way to the Erie. She asked that Nestor keep a close eye on Tyrion. And Tyrion said, And I charge you to bring the prisoner a cup of wine and a nicely crisp capon before he dies of hunger. <laughs> <laughs> then I think he also said, like, I would ask for a girl, but I think that's a little bit too much. Yeah. I think it's pushing it a little too far. Yeah. <laughs> Nestor ignored this and said to Catelyn, As you say, my lady, so it will be done. See our Lord Lannister to a tower cell and bring him meat and mead.
1: Hmm. Yeah, mead.
2: There you go. This <laughs> got one
0: of the things he asked for. Yeah.
2: All right. So there were two mules waiting for Cat and Maya when they took leave from the others. Um, they were saddled and ready. Maya helped her mount um, while a guardsman opened the gates. Um, And beyond the gate is the dense forest of pine and spruce, um, and then the mountain, like a black wall ascending up into the sky. Um, Maya told Catelyn, Some people find it easier if they close their eyes. When they get frightened or dizzy, sometimes they hold on to the mule too tight. They don't like that. And Catelyn kinda of replies and goes, I was born a Tully and wed to a stark. I do not frighten easily. Do you plan to light a torch? I thought that was funny. Yeah. I do <laughs> not frighten easily. Well, honey <laughs> But you've never been to the Erie. Exactly. Before. Yeah. yeah. Um, Maya made a face and just kind of said, told her that torches are what blinds you. Um, she says that on a clear night like this one, the moon and the stars are enough. And then she repeats that, um, she then says that Michael says that she has the eyes of an owl. Um, and Catelyn notices that she's mentioned Michael before and kind of just says it out loud, almost like a, literally just an observation. Stating a fact. Um, and... Maya replied and told her that Micah's my love, Micah, Michael is my love, Michael Redford. He's a he's squire to Sir Lynn Corbray. We're we're to wed as soon as he becomes a knight next year or the year after. Hmm. Um, kind of thought she sounded like Sansa, so happy and innocent with her dreams. <laughs> um, but and that kind of and thinking of Sansa like that made Cat smile, but she couldn't help but be sad cuz she knew that um the Redfurts were an old name in the Vale, and she knew that they had the fir- the blood of the first men in their veins. Um, so you know, his love, she might be his love, but she would never be able to wed him because the redfurts would never wed a bastard. Ouch. Yeah. Yikes. Um. So as they're riding, the trees are pressing close, like leaning over the path. Over the path, making a roof almost, and it shut out the moon, so it seemed as though they were li- literally moving up like a long black tunnel. Um, and Kat noticed that the fallen needles had like covered the path, so that the shoes of the mules were like they weren't obviously clicking on the stone of the actual path. And she was notice she noticed that the quiet like soothed her, and she was starting to have to like fight her sleep. Mm-hmm. Um, but she must have dozed off at some point because suddenly it was just a massive iron bound gate looming before them. Um and Maya just announced cheerily, stone. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um iron spikes were set along the tops of the stone walls and two fat round towers overtopped the keep. Um, while they're there, Kat didn't realise how hungry she was, so she so she literally was just kind of standing in the yard stuffing her face. <laughs> I thought that was funny. That's awesome.
1: So she made it to each one now. Uh, huh. Because the first one was what? I
2: was think this is the first one. This is a stone and then. Stone and then snow and then sky. Yeah. Yes. So she made it to the first one. She yeah. made it to the first one. So um, then it was up onto a new mule and back out into the starlight. Um, the second part of the ascent seemed a lot more treacherous to Catelyn. The trail was steeper, the steps were more worn, and here and there were it was littered with pebbles and broken stone. Um, she also noticed that she could feel the altitude more now. The trees were sparser and the wind blew more vigorously. Um, and she said that from time to time the steps doubled back on themselves and she could st- she could see stone down below them and then the gate of the moon further down, its torches no brighter than candles. So she's that's that's to me that's what's scary. Mm-hmm. Why are you looking down the mountain? Yeah. <laughs> Don't look down. That's creepy. Um Next, snow. They're just all sudden not snow. It was kind of actually really sudden. Even in the book, oh. I was really surprised. It mm. literally ended with her looking down, and then it goes, "Snow was." I was like, "Oh, maybe she drifted off to sleep again." Yeah. <laughs> oh um. So snow was smaller than stone. It was a single fortified tower and a timber keep, and a stable hidden hidden behind a low wall of unmortared rock yet it nestled against the giant's lance in such a way as to command the entire stone stair above the lower weight castle. So if an em- an enemy came around, um, the Erie would have to fight... Okay, I'm sorry. If they, if an enemy came to attack the Erie, they would have to fight their way up from stone step by step with rocks and arrows raining down from wow. snow. Yeah. So the, it sounds like the Erie has air superiority, kind well, this of. This
1: is insane. This is insane. The amount of... You already have to go past the bloody gate. Yeah. Then. Then. Uh, yeah. The gate of the moon. Mm-hmm. Then this yeah, I was one, gonna say the bloody the gate one. was
0: in our other episode. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They just got to the bloody gate, and now all of these fortresses, and then,
2: then you'll be at the Eerie. Yeah. yeah. It's insane.
1: Yeah. No one's breaking into this place.
2: No. I remember, I think in the show, there's literally somebody that says like there's a line that's like the area is impregnable, Im- impregnable, yeah, in- yeah. impregnable, impregnable. Black- <laughs> says it to yeah. you in the show Yeah. Too, yeah. Um, so they were again given fresh mules when they were leaving st- um, snow, um, and Katz was white. Um, when when Maya saw him, she said, white is a good one, my lady. Sure of foot, even on ice." But you'll need to be careful. He'll, he'll kick you if he doesn't like you. Oh, okay. So <laughs> luckily the mule seemed to like cat. There was no kicking. So that's good. So she's good. Yep. Um, so then as they're riding, Maya tells her, my mother says that hundreds of years ago, this was where the snow began. It was always white above here and the ice never melted. I can't remember ever seeing snow this far down the mountain, but maybe it was that way once in the olden times. So then Catelyn's having these thoughts like, oh, my God, she's so young. Yeah. And she's, like, trying to remember if she had ever been like that. Um, And she's thinking about how this girl had literally lived half of her life in the summer, and that's all she knew. Mm -hmm. Um, And she has the whole thought of winter is coming, child. And she wanted to tell her. The words were literally on her lips. She almost said them, but she didn't. But then she kind of... Has the thought of like, oh maybe I am becoming a Stark.
0: You know what? That just literally just made me think of what in one of the first few chapters, she was saying, like, oh, the Starks are so weird because like mm-hmm. their words are so different than everyone else's. Yeah. Like like um family duty honor and or like Yeah Hear Me Roar and stuff. Yeah. But the the Starks are actually a warning and it's winter is coming, and now she's seeing like Uh, why it's such an important words for like a house you know yeah i thought that was so cool
2: yeah i i mean i wish she actually just said it to her instead of having
1: the whole like maybe i am i know your last name is at least she's realizing yeah Yeah. um
2: okay so then above snow the wind was a living thing howling around them like a wolf in the waste. um that's kind of terrifying um but then she also talks about how the stars seem brighter um, you know, she's learning that, you know, it's better to look up rather than down as she's climbing this. Yup. Which I feel like should have been a given, but, you know, okay. <laughs> um,
1: Maybe Maya should have told her that. Yeah, right?
2: Yeah. So, then they come up to a high saddle between two spires of rocks, and Maya dismounts and tells her that it's best to lead the mules over because the wind can be a little scary. Um, so, cats like climbing very stiffly you know like literally is like i don't know if i want to do this yeah um so she's looking at the path and it's 20 feet long and close to three feet wide but with it's i mean there's nothing on either side so it's just a drop Mm -hmm. so if you fall you're falling down the entire mountain you just climbed oh goodness um Obviously, that's, start from the beginning. That's <laughs>
1: oh, God.
2: <laughs> Obviously, that's pretty terrifying. You know, I wouldn't necessarily want to do that. No, thank you. Um, she even she says that she hears the wind shrieking.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, so Maya steps out, and her mule follows calmly behind her, as if they were just crossing a a, a bridge kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so then it's Cat's turn. Um, but as soon as she took her first step, fear caught Cat in its jaws.
1: Yeah.
2: Um, she could feel the emptiness around her, and she just stopped trembling, afraid to move. And the wind was screaming at her and wrenching her um, her cloak around, literally like trying to make her fall. Is what she Look. what her thought process was. That's freaky. Um, and she literally had a thought of like I'm going to die here. And she could feel cold sweat trickling down her back. Mm. Um, Maya called out and asked, "Lady Stark, are you well?" To which Lady Stark just kind of said, I I cannot do this, child. <laughs> um, and Maya just said, yes, you can. I know you can. Look how wide the path is. And Kat literally just said, I don't want to look. And she said that it felt the world, she felt like the world was spinning around her. Um, and just kept closing her eyes so she could try to calm down her breathing. Because it was very, I mean, obviously, you're probably hyperventilating kind of thing. She's probably having a panic attack. Yeah. Um, so then Maya says she's going to come back for her and tells her not to move. Um, Kat listened to the wind and the scuffing of leather on stone. And then Maya was there just like gently taking her by the arm to lead her across. And I like this little <laughs> encourage- encouraging little tidbit from Maya. It says, keep your eyes closed if you like. Let go of the rope now. Whitey will take care of himself. Very good, m'lady. I'll lead you over. It's easy. You'll see. Give me a step now. That's it. Move your foot. Just slide it forward. See? And now another. Easy. <laughs> you could run across. Another one. Go on. Yes. Oh my gosh.
1: <laughs> you can do it.
2: Yeah. Um. So foot by foot, Maya led Catelyn across, blind and trembling, while the white mule followed right behind them. That's kind of cute, though. Yeah.
0: That she, like, helped her across. Yeah.
2: Um, the way castle called Sky was no more than a high crescent shaped wall of unmortared stone raised against the side of a mountain but even the topless towers of Valyria could not have looked more beautiful to Cat. Um, here at last was where the snow ge- was where the snow crow be- crown began. Sky's weathered, s- weathered stones were rimmed with frost and long spears of ice hung from the slopes above. So, Jeez, oh, icicles.
1: Cat's first thought was Be really easy to start an avalanche from here. (laughs) As Cat looked up, she remembered about the baskets and said, Traveling all night, the Lannisters may have their pride, but the Tellers were born with better sense. I've ridden all day and I would like to go up with the turnips, please. (laughs) So, as Cat rode up in a basket, she finally reached the Erie. Finally! Yay! The first thing she saw was a stocky man who she recognized as the head. Um, head guard of Lord Aaron's household Um, and next to him was a man named Lord Coleman Uh, Lord Egan is the head of the guard so they both greeted her and Lord Egan helped Catelyn out of the basket she noticed that Lord Coleman was very skinny and very nervous it looked like, Mm kind of shaking Um, they said the pleasure is as great as the unanticipated the pleasure is as great as it is unanticipated um, and Egan nodded with Coleman in agreement. Your sister has ordered us to awaken her as soon as you've arrived. And Catelyn, with, like, kind of a bitterness in her voice, goes, Well, I hope she's had a good, nice rest. <laughs> but no one seemed to notice that. <laughs> it's like, come on. You get to sleep. Right. Yeah. Uh, so they spiraled up the stairs, and Cat remembered several things about the eerie that she heard from Ned. Um, the eerie was quite small for one of the great houses. Uh, it was actually... Pretty small. It was seven towers that were all pushed together like arrows in a quiver. Um, and she thought that it looked small, but Ned had told her that its granaries were actually the same size as Winterfell's. Um, and Ned said that it could actually house 500 men in its towers. But Kat noticed that it kind of looked empty, almost deserted when she was walking through the halls. So, mm-hmm. kind of weird. Liza was actually waiting for Catelyn in her bedchambers. She was still in her pajamas, her nightly robes. Um, Her auburn hair was draped down her back, and a maid was brushing it for her and getting all the tangles out. As Catelyn entered, Liza rushed to her saying, Oh sister, how great it is to see you. It's been so long. She wrapped Catelyn in her arms, um, and Catelyn remembered it had been five whole years since they'd actually seen each other. Which is pretty long. Yeah. Um, Cat thought that even though her sister was two years younger than her, she looked like she was older than her now. Mm-hmm. So clearly the years that, um, the years have not been good no. to Liza.
0: She's been through some stuff.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah. She commented that she was a bit shorter than Kat, um, and now she's thick. So she used to be very a very skinny girl. Now she's thick of body, as Catelyn said. Kat remembered her being slender and energetic and with a lot of hope in her... The way she carried herself. Mm -hmm. And now all that remained of her beauty and all that was just her thick hair. Mm -hmm. That's it. You look well. (laughs) Cat After
2: all of that. After
1: all those thoughts, Cat goes, you look well. So that was a bold-faced lie. (laughs) Um, Liza quickly ordered the others to leave um, so that she could talk to her sister alone, is what she said. (laughs) With a smile on her face. And the second the door slammed with everyone left, Liza immediately dropped the act. And lit into cat, Pretty immensely. For someone that's not seen their sister for five years.
0: They're both liars. I just <laughs> wanted to say that.
1: Yeah. They're, They're both liars. liars. But cat was just being hospitable. Liza just goes, Have you taken leave of your senses?
0: <laughs>
1: just immediately. <laughs> okay. Uh, to bring him here without any permission. To bring us into your quarrels with the Lannisters. Okay. And... Kat was so taken back by this because it like... Yeah, she's like... Uh, like Hold
2: yeah, the phone, take, exactly
1: And Kat goes...
2: Wait a she second. Goes, she goes, my, my
1: quarrels... Wait, my quarrels. She goes, you're the one that sent me the letter saying that they murdered your husband. Do you not yeah. remember this? And Liza said, yeah. It's to warn you of them to stay away from them.
0: But like... What? I think that Kat was... Isn't Kat just bringing Tyrion there... Also, for her to get like revenge on the Lannisters,
1: I I think so. I think she just sees it as the only place that she could take her that take him that's safe. Yeah. Like, because the Lannisters are everywhere, and you can't get into the Eyrie. But like, you can't lecture me about your quarrels when you already you started it.
2: Yeah. You, start, you
1: started yeah. this whole thing. You did. And she's this said that, whole thing yeah. was set in motion by the letter that you sent, and then. Now, Bran was almost murdered, and yep. it's just, yeah. So, <clears throat> as she, they're yelling at each other, we, there's a small voice that goes, Mother.
0: Oh.
1: Um, and Catelyn looks, and it's this weak little boy that appeared in the door, and he's holding, like, a little doll. Robert Aaron stood in the doorway. So, in case anyone doesn't remember, Robert Aaron is the son of Liza and John Aaron, who is the protector of the veil.
0: And he's mm. like six, right?
1: Yeah. yeah. So, Cat thought he looked extremely thin and pretty much malnourished. Um, he also trembled from time to time, apparently, which is called the shaking sickness, that the maesters call that, which is really bad. Um, yeah. That's just, you know...
0: And like you said, he's supposed to be the...
1: Yeah, protector. He's of the, the protector of the, of the He's yeah. the one that's going to inherit all this. That and she's it's supposed to be
0: like the ruler.
1: I think that this chapter is a great setup to this because you see this amazing castle. Yes. This amazing setup, and then you're like, oh, this is the guy that's uh, mm. that's going to inherit all this. That's in charge. This Sick. weak little sickly boy that shakes. Every cool. time." Yeah. Yeah. Cool. 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 Right. Cool. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, Liza, uh, as Catelyn called it, Liza looked daggers at Catelyn as she introduced her. Do you remember this lady? This is your aunt. Your Aunt Stark. (laughs) Do you remember your aunt, Liza said, and the boy said. She
0: said Aunt Stark?
1: She didn't say Aunt Stark. She just. Oh. This is your Aunt Catelyn Stark. So basically, yeah, Aunt Stark. I, I, I put Aunt star. That was Stark. weird. I was Auntie like, what is Stark, Aunt Stark? whatever star? you want to call it. It's
0: Aunt Cat.
1: Whatever, Aunt Cat. <laughs> um, and she goes, do you remember your aunt? And the boy actually said he thought, he's like, yeah, I think I remember her. And Cat kind of thought to herself, she's like, he was less than one years old when I saw him.
2: Like a liar. So there's
1: no way that he remembers me um so lizen summoned him over to her um and while he's like walking over she's just singing his praises isn't he so beautiful isn't he so strong um and then she starts going off about remember what john aaron said his last or what the last words of john aaron were Mm -hmm. the seed is strong Mm. so she thinks that he's talking about this boy (laughs) <laughs> he goes. Isn't isn't the seed strong? Isn't John Aaron's seed strong? Look at how strong Robert is. Um, eh. so while she's doing all this and she like is clutching the sun cat, um, tries to go back to the conversation that they were already yelling about. Um, and Liza quickly cuts her off. And she goes, "Not in front of the boy. He has a delicate temper. Don't you?" Um, And Catelyn goes, okay, the boy is Lord Protector of the Veil. If this comes to war. And Liza immediately cuts her off, says silence. Um, And Robert drops his doll and clutches to his mother and begins to shake. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Liza then. I
0: can't. I can't. can't.
1: Liza then takes out her breast and begins to breastfeed Robert from it. In front of Cat, he's six years old.
0: I don't want to like shame like breastfeeding or anything, but six years old, dude. Six years old. That's the problem. He's got
1: a problem here. This is a tougher world than we live in. So, you know,
0: I mean, they start growing up a lot younger than
1: yeah. we do. Yeah. <laughs> so this took Cat completely by surprise, and she was thinking of Rickon. She's like, Rickon is half his age. And he's like 10 times as strong as him. Mm-hmm. Like, how is this? You know, this kid is messed up. Um, and now she's like, now I realize why the king wanted to raise him as a ward. Mm-hmm. Because, dang, this woman's messing him up. Mm-hmm. And so Liza goes, we're safe here. Don't you see? And Kat goes, don't be a fool. Uh, and. <laughs> Liza says, "Liza covered her boy's ears with her hands. Even if they could bring an army through the mountains and pass the bloody gate, the Eerie is impregnable. Mm. You saw for yourself; no enemy could reach us up here." Catelyn wanted to slap her. Uncle Brynden had tried to warn her. She realized no castle is impregnable. This one is, Liza insisted. Everyone says so. The only thing is that what I'm doing. The only thing is, what I what am I to do with this imp you have brought me? brought me is he a bad man said Robert Uh, his mother's breast popping from his mouth the nipple wet and red a very bad man Liza told him as she covered her herself but mother won't let him harm my little baby make him fly Robert said Liza stroked her son's hair perhaps we will perhaps that's just what we will do
0: Mm. we'll find out what that means in the next chapter I believe (sighs) yeah
1: but uh, lies is not what we expect. I mean, a little bit of what we expected.
0: Do you, did you guys hear, hear how, how she expect. was like talking to him too?
1: Yeah, it's it's yeah.
0: like he was two years old. That's a little disturbing. As That's well. why
1: I wanted to read that. Yeah, because that was uh, you couldn't capture it in my voice <laughs> of but how she I talked to just, him. Yeah. So
0: I don't know. Disturbing.
1: All right, so we have just some discussion questions. Olivia, how do you think the trial for Tyrion will go?
0: You know, I think that Liza, I'm trying I'm trying to separate what I know from the show and like what we're reading in the book because I feel like it might be a little bit different. But from what we've read in the book, I feel like Liza will go one of two ways. One, she'll like refuse to have a trial at the veil. Vale. Yeah, or two, like she just said to Robert, Will make him fly, and you guys will find out what that means. But either she'll come for his head, or be like, "No, I don't want anything to do with this," because, yeah. like she said before with Catelyn, like, "Why did you bring your shit here?" Yeah, you yeah. know, basically. So, literally.
2: Think? Um, I mean, I I don't know. I think that it might. Uh, I don't think it'll go too well. No, yeah.
0: I was also I forgot. There's another point I wanted to add. I think uh, Catelyn being a Stark. If Liza were to go the route of wanting to, like, basically kill him, I think that she would save him in a sense of, like, he deserves justice. Like... Yeah. He deserves to have a fair trial. Yeah. So it would save him from, like, just... In, in instant yeah. execution. I, I think
1: that her taking him here is a immediately wrong decision now. Yeah. Because she the only chance of him getting like a fair trial or really finding out the truth i think i mean that's what catelyn wants is really finding out the truth Mm -hmm. is gonna not be here (laughs) it's gonna be her sister's a
0: lot different than what she thought yeah yeah so her whole plan is now basically changed yeah
1: Mm -hmm. so the second question that we have uh is would you take the mountain pass at night if your sister summoned you or would you ride up with the turnips
2: I'd be riding with the turnips. I agree. Same.
1: Screw that.
2: I'd be, I mean, honestly, she's lucky if I came up at all.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm just going to come up in the morning.
2: Yeah. You can wait.
1: She summoned you now. That's nice. That's cool.
2: I've been traveling all day. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm going to bed. Then,
1: mm-hmm. Yep. Same. Okay, so the last question we have is, should Kat be concerned not only for with her sister, but with Robert Aaron as well now? Mm -hmm. i'm uh,
2: i don't think we know too much yet but i think that from what we've seen they definitely don't necessarily seem stable yeah yeah and off of that i was gonna say
0: um because at first wasn't liza like we don't want him here right and then as soon as uh robert said shall we make him fly She's like, hmm, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, the fact that his mom is being influenced by what the six-year-old kid is saying. The
1: six-year-old kid is still breastfeeding. Exactly. Like,
0: that could be kind of dangerous because the kid doesn't know what's going on. The kid has no idea what's going on. Yeah.
1: So, yeah, what we're having, I agree. So, what we're having is the whims of a six-year-old malnourished Mm -hmm. kid is being pushed by a mother that controls... The entire into- like a very, very powerful house and a with a lot of. And people to be at frank, she's not
0: all mentally there. No. She did go through some trauma, so I don't blame her for having that, but like
1: Dang.
0: you're not making sane yeah. decisions. You're yep. kind of all
1: over the place. I agree. So Alright, well answer our questions online, what you guys think. And some little perspective of what you think to that.
2: Mm-hmm. Alright, and then our Tyrion Tidbit, um, it's it's not be easy being drunk all the time. Everyone would do it if it were easy.
0: Preach. <laughs> I sure as hell cannot keep up with Tyrion. But. All right, guys. Make sure you follow us on all of our social media. On Facebook, we have a Facebook page, which is Game of Wines, a Song of Ice and Fire podcast. You can also join our Facebook group, which is Game of Wines podcast. We are also on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at Game of Wines 1 and on YouTube at Game of Wines podcast that is it for this week's episode of game of wines next episode we will be discussing eddard chapter nine nine so make sure you read that chapter (laughs) before next episode thanks for listening